Okay. This sikh is on Sora. The next two classes I'm imagining are going to be on Sora. If you learn the Chumash, it becomes very, very obvious that the Chumash is about Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yankiv. Yeah, it's about Sora, Rivka, and Rachel, and Leah. But it's about Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yankiv. It's patriarchal, right? It's typically male, right? And of course, you all know how terrible that is. But it's not true. There are stories of the Imahis, and some of the stories are quite involved. We find in the Chumash, Sarah disagreeing with Avram, and Hashem taking Sarah's side. Sarah's death is a whole story. Avram's death is a Pasuk or two. The whole Pachas Chai Sarah talks about trying to find Rivka, a wife. And then of course, the story of stories is how Rivka is the one who convinces Yanka Vavinu to deceive his own father and to bring the blessings to himself. And then later on we have the drama of Rachel and Leah and the Simonim and the having children and Rachel be buried in the roadside and all these other things. So in reality, there is much about the Imahis. It's not only about the others. But it seems like the Ovis story seems to be the story and as a byproduct of the story of the Ovis there's the story of the Imahis. That seems to be the structure of the biblical narrative. And this is the reason why. Look at the beginning of the Sikha, first page. In the Mahaitik in Sadr state, in our Pasha it's written, Sarah dies in the city of Four, which is Heaven, in the land of Canaan. Taicht der So the Isaiah interprets, as Sarah is Aremez on Dait of Demguf. Sarah refers to the body. When Avram was the Nishama. Avram goes on the Nishama. To use other words, Sarah and Avraham are like Chaymer and Surah. The substance and the form. When you take gold or silver or copper or bronze or clay or wood or stone and you carve the most beautiful sculpture, what's important? The sculpture or the material? Of course both. Of course both. You can't have imaginary sculpture. If you want to have a sculpture, you need material. But the material has contour. The material has shapes. The material has subtlety. The material has nuance. What is true, however, is that the material is the same. The shapes can be shaped. From the same gold, you can make various different images. The gold is not different. It's the same from the same silver, from the same copper, from the same bronze, from the same stone, from the same iron, from the same metal, from the same wood, you can mold and shape various different forms. That's the difference between the Ovis and the Imahis. The Ovis represent color, detail, nuance, beauty. The Imahis represent reality. Real, I am. <laughs> you can't be smart if you don't exist. The consequence of this, girls, is that the Imahis represent on the one hand something much, much more important, on the other hand something much, much more simple. If you have no body, you don't exist. But just being a body is useless. Unless that body is biological and sophisticated and departmentalized 
and intelligent and feeling and etc. 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 So the interplay between the Ovis and the Imois, it's impossible to say, oh, the men are more important than the women. The women are more important than the men. But the roles that they're carved out for them are so distinctive that it almost makes you nervous to try and answer the question, so who's better? You can't answer that question. What's more important, your body or your soul? What's more important, the bronze or the shape? Now, of course, some person, of course, the shape is more important. Why? Bronze, all you got to do is take it out of the earth. The shape, you have to take out of your imagination. Of course, but someone put it into the earth. And if God Almighty didn't put bronze into the earth, there'd be no way to make a bronze statue. It's as simple as that. So this is why, when you read the Chumash, it's a story about the Ovis. You know why? Because the Ovis represent the shapes, the forms, the color. There's all kinds of complex things happening in the world of the Ovis. The Imois are in the background, not because it's not important, but the Imois are where it's all happening. The body is the place where the drama of the Ovis and the Shvatim are playing itself out. If there's no goof, the Neshama doesn't exist. If there's no material, there's no shapes. But you see shapes. Nobody's going to walk by a bronze statue and say, oh, look at the beautiful bronze. And if they do, they don't mean bronze the material, they mean bronze the sculpture. Look how beautiful that is. But before it's beautiful, it is. And if there's no is, there's no beauty. That's the interplay between Ovis and the Imois. That's why the Imois seem to be in the background. The Imois seem to be in the foreground, obviously in the foreground, although it's really not true. Look a little closer. And you'll see that the story of, the, of, of Genesis is very much about the fathers and the mothers. And they play very critical roles. But it's still projected as if, you know, Avraham is marrying Sarah. Avraham is told by God, Lech Lecha. Sarah comes along with him. And so on and so forth. But if you look a little closer, you discover that Sarah is not some kind of schlepper. She's very, very much a partner. No Sarah, no Avraham. But Avraham is what you see. In other words, because of Sarah, because you have bronze, you see a beautiful image. You see Avraham. Because you have gold, before you have stone or wood, whatever the case is, you differ see beautiful images. You see the images. You see the discernment. You see the distinctness. You see the variation. You see the color. <coughs> but you're only able to see it because it's against a certain backdrop. That backdrop is the Imois. And the Imois, which is that backdrop, is, is not passive. Sarah wasn't just a piece of stone. She was a person with opinions. She disagreed with Avraham on occasion. And Avraham was told by God Almighty to listen to her as opposed to his own judgment. But her, her opinions, her voice, what she said and how she said, what she disagreed with Avraham Avinu, reflects the difference between Guf and Neshama. In no place has that become more apparent than in Pashas Chayi Sarah. In Pashas Chai Sarah, Sarah dies, and Avraham dies, and Yishmael dies. But the death of Avraham and the death of Yishmael is an excuse me, it's a few words. And the death of Sarah is a whole story. Because at this point, what Sarah is emerges so clearly. Now we're going to have two classes on Sarah. The first class is going to simply talk about the day the Sada is the goof 
Avram's the neshama. The second class is going to take it to a level further. That because Sada is the goof and Avram is the neshama, they have a different sense of what's going on in God's creation. Avram is much more liberal. Sada is much more single-minded. And you'll see this in Mitzvah Hashem in the subsequent class. I don't want to get it, give it away. Let's begin to read the class in front of you. Undas is The meaning of Sada passing away, Sada dying. As when the goof stopped, when the body dies, bekiryas arba. All of a sudden, one body becomes four. In other words, was a for the you say this. It was consistent of four elements: fire, wind, water, earth, and it was living it with one organic entity. Now that it dies, it begins to come apart. And kiryas arba hi chevrein. What does chevrein mean? Bound together, like chibur, right? When you're alive, the four are one. When you pass away, they they disintegrate. So long as the soul lived within the body. The four elements were were tied together. When there is death, the four, called Kiryas Arba, which were unified into one, called Chevrein, come to pieces. Demolt is Vayave Avraham. Avraham Avinu comes. Dineshama comes. Lispeid Lissara Vilivkaisa. To cry, to mourn, to eulogize. Dineshama is in a body. You would think that the Neshama considers the body a nuisance. The Neshama leaves from the body. You would think that the Neshama would say, Yippee, rid of the body. Now I can live in the higher realms. No. When the Neshama departs from the body, the Neshama cries and says, Oh, look, look what I just lost. Dineshama Veit. The soul dies. Because even after death, when the Akharai Stalkas and the Neshama departs, is the Neshama of the soul attached to the body and the Neshama suffers. So the Rebbe asks a question. And this question that the Rebbe asks is going to elucidate the statement that the Rebbe just made. Why would a Neshama cry? If the body cries, I understand. Why? The body is a lump of clay. You put a Neshama into a body, then the body is now living. You take the neshama out of the body, it's a lump of clay again. But why should the neshama cry? The neshama was close to God. Now it's put into a body which is a distraction, to say the least. Now it's been divorced, it's been rid of that body that should be very exciting. Why is it crying? It says the Rebbe, because the Pasuk says, that You suppose that Avraham, the neshama, is told, listen to your body. Avraham is told, listen to Sarah. The neshama is told, listen to the body. Which doesn't make sense either. Why would the Nisham be told, listen to the body? Isn't it all about the soul? So if you understand why Hashem says to the Nishama, listen to the body, you understand that when the body departs, the Nishama cries. You with me? Turn the page. The Rebbe is analyzing why the Nishama laments the death of the guf, even though it's, so to speak, rid of the guf. And in doing so, he hopes to explain why the Nishama is told, listen to your body. So he prefaces the famous teaching of the Baal Shem Tev. This is one of the most familiar Hasidic teachings of all. It's in the Hayyim Yayim Parshas Meshbatim, and we read it inside. This is a quote from the Holy Baal Shem Tev, page 32. If a person examines his own donkey, says the Rebbe in Yiddish, you'll examine your own chamer, interprets the Rebbe in the parenthesis, your physicality. You, the part of you which is body. 
You will see that your body, your worldliness, your physical side hates you. What does that mean? It is dying saying he hates you. Why does your body hate you? Violent them on hate. Avoid in the beginning of serving Hashem. Umbaim on hate from Leban and the beginning of life. In the beginning of life, the body and the soul hate each other. Moreover, not only is it true that when you start out your life with your body and your soul, enemies not revit tachas masai. You can't take it. The neshama is losing to the body's heaviness. Masa made that oil last from teiru mitzvahs. The the masa, the weight, is a reference to the teiru mitzvahs, which the body is supposed to do. And the body can't do it. I'm supposed to be a Jew, I'm supposed to be a human being, and I can't be one. Nitkukendik, notwithstanding, as does his masa, his ein masa, teirin mitzvah is my destiny, teirin mitzvah is my purpose, so if it's my destiny, my purpose, I must have the power to do it. Was der farat man gegeben mitzvah and nishomis and gufam dafke. Mitzvah were given emphatically, dafke, only to a soul in a body. While the kavana is, the purpose is to leave oislighted in them guf. God didn't create a universe for souls. He created a universe for elevating bodies. That's the point. That the body should conform to the will of the neshama to elevate the body, not the neshama. Fundesfing, nevertheless, the fact is, if does farim amasa, it's very difficult. Vasavil does nisht. The body doesn't want it. I'm lazy. I want to have, what do they call it in teenageville? I want to have fun. The body is collapsing under the weight of the Tatum. I don't want to do it. It's just a yoke, right? Even if you do it, but you're so resentful. It's wrong. Continues the Rebbe in the next paragraph. And the next paragraph, girls, is tangential. Okay? You'll see that I, I didn't I skipped so much of the sikha because a lot of it is tangent. Although this particular sikha has three different... You know what a tangent means? By way of a tangent is tangential. A few stories here in this uh, scheme. Um, But I'm just going to read the first paragraph of section 3 because it's enough. What does it mean that the Ebesh to put the Nisham in the Guf that the Guf should do Teirah Mitzvahs? That every aspect of Yiddishkeit should be physical. So the Rebbe as follows. Oisedem, in addition to the fact, was the mitzvah zanigegeben gavarin dafke, through the neshamis in gufa. First of all, it's true that the neshamim in Ganeidin doesn't have mitzvahs. If a neshama wants mitzvahs, it needs a body. The neshama can only have mitzvahs if it's manifest in the physical body. Moreover, in addition, zanigegeben mitzvahs gufa oich ongeton dafke, the mitzvahs themselves must be done in Gashmi Zekazach and in physical things. There's two points here. Number one, I don't have mitzvahs until I have a body. Number two, the mitzvahs require the body. In my body, I don't do spiritual mitzvahs, I do behavioral, physical mitzvahs. This idea that mitzvahs must be done physically is not only true about the behavioral mitzvahs. Some mitzvahs are spiritual. They're called the obligations of the heart. What's an example of a spiritual mitzvah? To love Hashem, to fear God, to believe in God, to know God, to know His unity. Loving God and fearing God. Or, the obligations of the mind. 
For example, to know and understand the unity of God. Parenthesis, leaving the oneness of Akadosh Baruch Says the Rebbe, Oich di mitzvahs. These mitzvahs as well, is Zayed Inyan. Their idea is, Zayzon, their field, wherein Dafkin, their Kerperlech, and flesh. They should be experienced in the physical flesh. Fun Hart, Fun Mayach, from the brain and the heart, or the heart and the brain. I remember the Rebbe was speaking about this. The previous Rebbe has this Nisman Modem. You know when you know you love Hashem? When your heart rate increases. The mitzvah is to raise your heart rate. Because <laughs> that's the physical act of Abbas Hashem. If you love the Abish then you're, and you don't increase your heart rate, then you don't love him. So loving Hashem is measured in a physical act, an increase of your heart rate. Right? The, the previous, this is the Rebbe, Fidik Rebbe's style. Cool. Fidik says many times, the Rebbe quotes it, but it's Fidik of my mother, right? What about the mitzvah in the brain? I remember the Rebbe saying it. It's one of those things, I just love that moment. He says, the, the, the way the Abish made the brain is that the more you use it, the more. Uh, mass the brain collects the brain grows it doesn't grow simply because we age it grows because we use it and the more you use it the more it stretches the problem is the brain is inside a case a skull and the case doesn't grow so if the brain is expanding and there's no room to expand it folds in which is why the Rebbe said it says in Svodim and it's also been proven scientifically that people who are greater intelligence, who use their minds more, their brains have more faults. It's a physical fact. You know, Einstein donated his brain to science. They see this in his brain. It's cool. No, it's a physical fact. I, I, somebody once told me, I never thought, somebody once told me that they, the shape of Einstein's skull was different than everybody else's, and it allowed for a certain part of his brain to push it be physically larger than everybody else's, and they argued that's the basis for his incredible intelligence. But it's a fact that his brain is sitting someplace in some lab in formaldehyde, Adaye Mazeh. And it's very wrinkled. You wonder if a person is stupid? Look how smooth and shiny their brain is, you understand? The more you use the brain, the more it folds. Come on. Why? So the Rebbe explained not because you have more folds, because the brain is stretching. It's physically creating more matter. But it has no place to expand, so it folds in. Now, you know this better than I. The brain is a physical thing. We, in Hasidus, talk about the life of the brain. In science, they talk about the genetics, the biology of the brain. The biology of the brain, it's neurons, which means basically wires that hold data. If you have more wires, you can hold more data. It's a physical thing. Even though data takes up minuscule amounts of space, like on a CD, you can put incredible amounts of knowledge but you can't put infinite amount of knowledge. You can only hold so much and no more. Although the wires are nanometers wide and nanometers thick, nevertheless, there is some relationship between the knowledge and the material matter. I don't understand what your question is. Because That's not good. Yeah. Anyway, so the Rebbe says, every mitzvah is physical. So it's first of all, you have to do it in the physical body. Second of all, it's about the physicality. Even loving God, fearing God, knowing God are about understanding Hashem is not a mitzvah. Understanding and thinking about Hashem to the degree that your brain stretches. Oh, now you physically knew God with your brain. And the Rebbe has a whole bunch of details about this. We're moving to Sivdal, which is page 33, bottom of the first column. So, how does it all begin? It all begins with the neshama coming into the body. 
And when the neshama comes into the body, the neshama resents the body. Why does the neshama resent the body? Because the body is seinachon revis. The body is your enemy, and he's collapsing under the weight of Tehidah Mitzvahs. He doesn't want to do it. His entire destiny is Tehidah Mitzvahs. Moreover, if no body, no Tehidah Mitzvahs, period, nonetheless, the neshama sees the body as a problem. Says the Rebbe. So you look at this interplay. You have this neshama, which is holy. This body, which is a pain in the soul, right? He's supposed to do tater mitzvahs. He can't do it without him, but he's just obnoxious. And you think, I'm going to dissociate my soul from my body. I will not help my body. Balshemtev goes on and explains. In Zaintere, in interpreting this Pusik, you have an enemy. And the enemy has a donkey, and the donkey's falling to the ground. And you say, I don't like the guy, let it fall to the ground. Says the tater, no, don't let it fall to the ground. Help him. What does it mean, spiritually speaking? Your body is your enemy. The enemy is collapsing. Don't let him die. Stand him up. You would think of as the soul, the body is collapsing under its disinterest in satisfying the load that it meant to carry, which is taken in mitzvahs. So you'll say to yourself, who needs the whole business? Let me instead be involved, but as I avoid in such a kind of service, but forget the body, forget mitzvahs, meditation. What do you need my body for? It's a pain in the neck. And them goofes to zerbrechen, your body you will break. Durch tainies ves gufem, you'll fast. You'll make suffering to your body in the belief that my body is my enemy. My body is the source of all of my troubles. Says the Rebbe Zokman Ozev Tazavimi. Mistake. Your body is your problem, it's true, but it's also your solution. It's also your purpose. And you have to help, not just your neshama, you have to help your body as well. The whole point is to correct and elevate the body. So the Vashemtev says, you would think that the body, because it interferes with the soul, should be broken. Says the Rebbe, no. The body interferes with your soul, but the point is to deal with the body, deal with this interference, and elevate it and transform it. Second column at the top, please. Afilu v'nezomachavan zaynal lekavonas from What if a person were to say to himself, "I'll do all the meditations. I'll think about every different meaning behind this mitzvah." Undi mitzvah bepel v'tenishma kaim zayin. And I'll say, why do I have to do the mitzvah? I'll think 101 different meanings of film, But i got to put the leather on, the straps. I'll think 101 reasons for mezuzah. I have to put it up on the wall? No. Ervet mechavin zayin di kavonis from film. He'll think the meditations in film. Nerbe peo vet er kein film nit legen, but in fact he won't put on film. Says the rabbis, nit norvas es felder kiv von der mitzvah. This person is not only not doing the mitzvah, nor erat noch eve given an aveda. It's a sin. It's a transgression. It's not a transgression of a commission. It's a transgression of omission. You missed the mitzvah. Erat mevatel given the mitzvah from film by not putting on film. You broke the mitzvah of film. So your argument to yourself is, I don't like my body. Let me do meditations. And the rabbi says, if you do only meditation, don't physically put on film. You're a sinner. You have to do the mitzvah. But I want you to know something very interesting. That the Rebbe made a, mitzvah, a, a tefillin campaign. The first campaign the Rebbe was tefillin. So the Rebbe used to say that the tefillin campaign is special. Why? Every other campaign he makes, he stops talking about it, people stop doing it. Except for tefillin. The tefillin campaign goes on. It's a very interesting observation that Rebbe made. 
And the most important thing is to physically put on the tefillin. Right? The Gemara says that if someone never wore tefillin in his life, it's, it's like really bad. You put tefillin on one time, it's the greatest thing in the world. The key is to physically do the mitzvah. Read the next paragraph. Oib abher. Say a person physically puts on the tefillin. He lacked the kavana, even though by tefillin kavana is quite important. Maybe he doesn't know what the kavana is, or the reveis he may know the kavana not, and at not he didn't think the kavana. Says the Rebbe, but the mitzvah temakayim givesin. Maybe there's something wrong with his mitzvah, but he did the mitzvah. All the meditation of the world is nothing. The action matters. Now I started to tell you. When the Rebbe made the Mitzvah campaign, there was a lot of backlash. Of course, anytime a Jew does something, especially, God forbid, if he does something good, then someone has to come along and condemn him. Otherwise, what's the proof that he did a Jewish deed that someone came out against? Right? That makes the Rebbe unbelievably Jewish considering how many people came out against him. So the Rebbe made the Mitzvah film campaign with a lot of objection. And the Rebbe wrote a letter, a Sikha, which is printed in Lakuta Sikhis, um, to defend himself, so to speak. And one of the most interesting things that the Rebbe said is that I am not the inventor of Miftat film. The Sar Mikutsi, the Count of Kusi, the Pshimshin Mikutsi, was a Rishni. lived, I don't know, hundreds of years ago. He visited Spain before the expulsion. And he found tens of thousands of Jews who considered themselves religious who never in their life put on film. The Spanish were philosophers. And they were caught up with philosophy. And their idea was, if you have the soul of a mitzvah, who needs the body? Dumb people, stupid people need to do the physical mitzvahs. We have the meditations. And isn't it all about the meditation after all? I did the meditation, I have the mitzvah. A dumb person can't meditate, let him do the ritual. But that's wrong. Epshim Shemikutzi came to Spain and he put on tefillin with tens of thousands of frumayidin, so to speak, for the first time in their life. Why? Because they got caught up in this idea that the soul is what matters and not the body. And they were wrong. So the Rebbe says, when I made Miftat film, I was modeling it after Abshim Shemikuti. That was one of the points, one of the many points that Rebbe made in that Sikha, that he spoke and so to speak in defending himself. So now girls go to the bottom of the page. And this answers the question. First of all, Listen to Sarah. Listen to your wife. Listen to your goof. Right? You have this beautiful statue. But this beautiful statue only exists because it's against the backdrop of a material. It's not the beauty. It's the material. It's the body. It's not the soul. Vasada meant man. The meaning of the word sada is, as the Zayar says, them goof the body. Well, the ikir kavan is their goof. The primary thing is the body. It says the Rebbe, it this does behelop. At the moment, you don't see how the body is special. You'll see how the body is special in a revealed way. To the extent, top of page 34 now, it says in Hasidus that in Elam Haba, the Neshama is going to live from the body rather than the body living from the soul. So now we don't see it. But it's still true. that Listen to your body, it's about your body. In other words, your Neshama has one version of a mitzvah. Your goof has another version of the very same mitzvah. The goof is right because Tehidu was given to be done in a goof. By the obvious is Dach Yadua. The obvious tasted the world to come. And if they tasted the world to come, they tasted the superiority of the body 
or to say it in another word, it was tasteless, the superiority of a woman over a man. The father of Ram Gizot, Hashem says to Avram Avinu, you, since you already have a taste of El Mava is going to be, listen to your wife. She knows best. And the Rebbe brings in the paragraph, which I skipped, a story that a Yid had to make a bris, came to the Tzemach Tzedek. And he said, I have two miles. One mile knows all the meditations, but he's not such an expert. The other one doesn't know any meditations, but he does a good job. So the Tzemach Tzedek says, you take the mile, does a good job, forget the meditations. It, the mitzvah matters. That's kosher, right? And this explains why. Sada dies and Avram cries. The goof dies, the, the neshama cries. Because the neshama knows as spiritual the neshama is, and as close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the neshama may be, and as much as the neshama may be burdened by its presence within the body, the neshama knows I have no body, I am missing what is ultimately the most important thing, my purpose. The neshama leaves the body and it cries. That's the, where the Teda begins, Parashat Chayi Sada, the Yahweh Avram, Lifkes Lesada, Lifkes Avram, cries for Sada Yimeni. The neshama cries for the Guf. Now I told you in my introduction to this class, that when you think about Avram and Sada's neshama and guf, it really is complicated. Like I said to you before, what's more important? The bronze or the statue? Right? The stone or the image in the stone? You can't have one without the next. It's a complicated interplay. And the Tere is saying, it's the body that matters, not the beauty of the body. The physical bits matters, not the meditation so much. Okay, But in the end, we are attributing beauty to the soul and reality to the body. We're saying the body means that I am, the soul means what I am. Next week we're going to have a different sikha. And this sikha is a very different aspect. It's also Sara and Avram, but very, very different. And I'll tell you what it is. I'm going to use now my own words. Because what we're going to learn next week is going to say not what I'm about to say, but this is a very interesting way of, of prefacing it, of preempting it uh, now. What do we get from our mother and what do we get from our father? From our mother we get that we're Jewish. From our father we get that I'm a Koyin, that I'm a Levi, that I'm a Yisrael. That's also body and soul. You see how interesting this is? What's more important? That I'm a Koyin, that I'm a Yuchas, that I'm a special person or that I'm a Jew? My Jewishness I get from my mother. That's the body, yeah? But within Judaism, my, so to speak, my status as a Jew, I get from my father. It's interesting. It's frustrating because you really can't pin down which is better. They're very distinctive. Now next week's class is not about this. Next week has something very, very different. But next week's class, which is about something different, very, very directly ties into what I just said. And I'll see you in a week.